1: Just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question and I listen more attentively? There must have been something in all of that, nothing that wasn't quite so easy to see. And I must have missed something when
0: you were just talking to me. Thank you for the coffee, Chrissy. You're very welcome Definitely made my morning Because to me it's still morning <laughs> To me it's like 9 a.m. Although you never know what the phone calls I was getting this morning at 8 o'clock
1: Oh wow That's too early to talk mm-hmm.
0: And people who should know better too <laughs> I, I know They're not like random people It's people who know better Alright, let me get a cigarette going
1: I feel like I do that. All. Anyone, doesn't matter who they are, anyone that calls me before 9 a.m. should have known better. Yeah, like, right. The world <laughs> should just know better. Unless it's an absolute emergency. Well I have
0: like a noontime rule. Really eleven o'clock. If you call me at eleven, I'm not gonna get mad, but really it should be noon. I actually will I laugh at that. This morning I woke up because I've been under the weather and I woke up at eleven and I was like, oh I bet Tom's waking up right now as well. <laughs> <Right about> now. <laughs> This is what his life I is. Could like go to bed at 5 <laughs> It's not my fault they run Colombo reruns at 3 o'clock in the morning. Ah. First of nothing. Paying Attention. Alrighty. Yes. Try to wake up a little bit. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi atop two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Now listen, Father's Day's coming. And I have to remind you because people have to remind me because I don't know what. I, seriously, if someone didn't tell me tomorrow's Christmas, I would miss Christmas <laughs> at my mother's house because I spend all of my time in my office, and it's like it's like a time portal. Time goes by so fast, you I don't even know what day it is half the time. So uh, somebody reminded me that Father's Day is coming, and they reminded me this morning or this afternoon. And I wanted to pass that along to you because we're a 2 guys smoke shop. And if you really want to get a good Father's Day present for your dad and he's a cigar smoker, there's no place better to come than 2 Guys smoke shop because they've got the best deals here. And they've got cigar – I'm not a cigar guy. I'm a cigarette guy. But I know that they've got cigars here that you can't find anywhere else. They import stuff that like you can't get in other smoke shops, yep. and I know because I have three or four friends that are just obsessed with cigars, and they're here all the time, and they say they only come here because this is the only place they can find the, the cigars that they like. So um, Father's day's coming. Give a thought to coming down to a Two Guys Smoke Shop. I think they can order online. Can they order online? They
1: can. Two so Guys Cigars. O- so you don't even have to
0: drive up to New Hampshire. Just you can order it online and get yourself get your dad some cigars. Um, if Uncle Frankie smoked cigars, I would get him cigars for uh, for Father's Day. Uncle Frankie raised me, so he's a good yeah. dad to me, and uh, and I would get him cigars. But he doesn't. It would make it a lot easier for me if he did. Mm-hmm. I keep saying, hey, hey, you don't smoke cigars, huh? And he's so like, no. Get I, keep, I keep trying to get him yeah. to you. you. should try. It's really good. Like, I try. It's good. Can't, we can't get him in. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. A lot of funky things going on in the real estate market. Mm-hmm. So we will have uh, Matt in at some point, uh, either by Zoom or in the studio. AFC Urgent Care. Um, we love Lisa Williams. And there's another Urgent Care. There's another... There's another walk-in that has established itself in the Merrimack Valley. Don't go to them. I'm not even going to say what their name is. No. Don't go to them. I'm, I'm hearing nightmare stories about a lot of things. Um, and I don't want to hurt a local business. I just want to help my businesses, which is FC Urgent Care, because they sponsor the show. They buy ads in the paper. And they give us money for our scholarships at the bash mm-hmm. every year. And they don't just give like 100 bucks. They give like – I think this year they gave $2,000. I think last year wow. they gave three. dollars wow. um, And whenever we need help with the homeless, with TMF, and I call Lisa – She's like, you know what? We'll sponsor next week's dinner, but don't thank us on Facebook. We'll just pay for the food. Tell us where to send it. So we we love people like that who do things in the community. That's why Donnie Jarvis is here today. People who do things in the community. They don't want to be thanked. They're not looking for their name in the paper. They just want to help. And those are the people that we want to put their name in the paper. Those are the people that we want to champion. Like Chris Doty for governor. Last night, showed up at TMF without a camera crew. No pictures. He wasn't there to do a photo op. This morning, there was no press release. He just came to TMF last night because he wanted to see what they do and how they handle the homeless in Lawrence. And he didn't just come and stand around. He helped them set up chairs. He helped them set up the tables. He was handing sandwiches to people, which you don't see elected mm-hmm. officials do very often. Um, so kudos to him, too, because um, you know, that, that takes a lot when you're running for governor and you're all over the state and your time is very valuable to take an entire night to come to Lawrence where you're going to lose nine to one because he's a Republican, so he's going to lose Lawrence nine to one no matter what he does. So this he wasn't there to get votes; he was there, as he said to me last night. If I become governor, I want to understand this problem firsthand. Mm. I don't just want to understand this problem from what I read in the newspaper. And to me, that said a lot. Now I'm hoping we're going to hear from Jeff Daniels; he's going to do the same thing because we love Jeff and he's been very good to the Valley Patriot. Um, it's just it really seems impossible to get through his people. I don't know why that is. Um, I used to be able to text him. One-on-one, and within a day, we get an answer for whatever we wanted. Now we've got to go through people who are not very responsive. So um, hopefully we'll hear from him. Also, Marsan and Sun Construction. So you know on, on Veterans Day, uh, I'm sorry, on Memorial Day last week, you know what Ronnie, Ronnie Marsan was doing for Marsan and Sun Construction? Oh. He went over to a veteran's house who didn't have a lot of money and helped him build a deck on his house.
1: That's awesome.
0: And didn't charge him a dime. Paid for all the lumber out – now think about how expensive oh. lumber is today. <laughs> yeah. Paid for the lumber out of his pocket, did the, did the work, did the, the – um, did, did all the work at no cost to the veteran, and then didn't call the Tribune and say, look what I did. He just did it. Like somebody in the neighborhood where it was going on called me and said, hey, you know, your buddy Ron Marks next door and he's building something like on a Monday, like on Memorial Day. So I called him and asked him like, what are you doing working on Memorial Day, just breaking his balls? And he told me what he was doing, and I'm like, i got to put that in the paper. And he said, no, please don't. And I was like, oh, my God. That makes me love the guy even so much more. It just really does. EIS, Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli. Don's going to be with us next week live. Tomo, where I'm going to be tomorrow night for dinner. You like Tomo, right? Have Mm -hmm. we taken you to Tomo yet? Not yet. What are you doing tomorrow
1: night? What's tomorrow? Friday. I have an event planning from 3 to 5. All
0: right. Well, maybe you can come with us. I think we're going to Tomo's tomorrow night around 7. Okay. Uh, Clear Path for Veterans New England, Uh, Sullivan Insurance, which is a free shout-out. They're not an official sponsor, but they help us with a lot of stuff. Lazy River Products in Drake It, Uh, Cannabis. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get your cannabis, don't go to Haverhill. Go to Drake It and go to Lazy River Products, and I'm going to go myself this weekend. And then a free shout-out to uh, Sebastian's House of Toys in Haverhill. So I have one thing I want to talk about, and we're going to take about four or five minutes on it because everybody's talking about it. And normally when everybody's talking about something I try not to But this, this is just too good for me um, So the Johnny Depp trial ended yesterday For those of you who didn't follow it Or don't care Let me give you the thumbnail version So his smoking hot girlfriend Amber Heard Who's probably one of most beautiful women You've ever seen in your life um, Wrote an editorial in the New York Post Basically saying I'm paraphrasing because it's not in front of me But basically saying she was the victim of domestic abuse And didn't mention him by name But intimated that it was Johnny Depp That was knocking her around And he sued her for defamation Now let me tell you I've been sued for defamation six times I've never lost It is nearly impossible To win a defamation case Against somebody who is Considered a celebrity or a public figure Mm -hmm. So, So Because Johnny Depp's a public figure You can say a lot more about him Than you can say about your neighbor Bill Right, because he's a private citizen, and the standard is much higher. You have to prove malice, you have to prove financial damages, you have to prove that they knew what they said was wrong, or that they should have known what they said was wrong. And believe me, I know because I've been through four thousand depositions on this issue. Quite frankly, I didn't think he was going to win, and I wasn't even sure why it was he brought this lawsuit against the ex, because he's still Johnny Depp. He's still going to get work. But I watched the trial. I watched most of it anyway. Especially her testimony, and I heard the audio tape that they had of her admitting that she was beating him up. And when I heard that, I thought, holy crap, why didn't she settle this out of court? Mm -hmm. Like, if someone sued me for defamation and they had an audio tape of me admitting what I did, there's no way I'd step into a courtroom. I would would have my lawyer sit down and go, okay, you want 15 million? How about seven? Will you take eight? Mm -hmm. Maybe eight and a half? Will you take nine? Because you don't want to go into court, you not only do you lose money, but you lose your reputation. You lose your your ability for future work in Hollywood, especially against Johnny Depp. Well, the jury came back yesterday, and they awarded fifteen million dollars to Johnny Depp because they said that she basically she lied. She lied and said that she was the victim of domestic abuse at the hands of Johnny Depp, and the proof came out that it was actually the other way around. And I'm bringing this up for one reason. This is a turning point in America. Remember where you heard it first. For the last eight years, we've had to deal with the Me Too hysteria of women coming forward and making accusations of 20 years ago, 30 years ago, against guys that can't prove what didn't happen and destroyed a lot of men's lives. And we got told by CNN and the Democrat Party and MSNBC and the media that we're supposed to believe, quote, all women, that all women are to be believed. And that destroys people's lives. Because you know what? Women are people and people lie. Women are people and people steal. Women are people and people fabricate stories to get themselves in a better position with their custody battles or whatever it is that they're involved in. And we've been watching men get screwed for the last eight years in this Me Too movement. And finally, finally, a woman who makes up an allegation against a guy pays a price for it. Finally, there's accountability no matter how beautiful you are, and she is pretty hot. Like I couldn't stop watching. She's, She's unbelievable. I mean, you are, only Johnny Depp is going to get someone that looks that good. Like, <laughs> yeah, someone like you I'm and not, I, we, got no the, chance. we have no chance I have at all. No chance. But Johnny, only Johnny Depp could get a girl that hot. But he, he, the old axiom, apparently Donnie, is true." Mm-hmm. That no matter how hot a woman is, there's a guy out there sick of putting up with her shit. <laughs> yes, there is. And and Johnny Depp proved it again yesterday. <laughs> and and I just I was I was so thrilled about this only because I've, I've been watching the pendulum swing so far to the left that it, it, it almost bordered on insanity, where a woman could come forward and say, my stepfather touched me when I was five, and she's in her 40s. Well, how does the stepfather prove that 35 years ago something didn't happen? Yeah. Right? And men's lives have been destroyed. I've had two family members file restraining orders against me that were total lies, like just completely made up. And I'm probably the only guy in Massachusetts that's ever won a restraining order Those hearing. Those are tough. I won both of them. I've never lost in court because I know I know where the line is. Mm-hmm. And yes, will I dance up to the line? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Will I dance on the line? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But I will not cross the line because I have too much to lose. I've got a newspaper. I've got a podcast. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of stuff going on. So I was very happy to see that that, that Johnny Depp won. and uh, And I think this is a turning point in America. I think finally, finally... Women are going to have to think twice before they lie. Now, if if your ex-husband beat you up, you should be telling the police. You should be going public. You should be exposing that asshole for what he's doing. But if he didn't, you need to know that there's going to be a consequence if you get caught. And it's happened to me, and thank God I got through it. I know a lot of guys who did not get through it. I know one guy that can't even get a job right now because of his criminal record, because of stuff that his ex-wife said about him. When they were when they were getting divorced, yeah. and, and it's a that, big issue. And that's tough when you can't get a job because of a false allegation. It's like one thing if it's something you did,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you'd hope people would forgive you and you could move on with your life. But if it's something you didn't even do, that's a tough pill to swallow. And that's that. And it haunts you for your whole life. It does. It does. You know. And, it, and we've you know we've got a friend that that he's literally unemployable because of the news stories that came out, and and he just had a bad judge and he lost his case and. That was the end of that. Sitting with me is Donnie Jarvis. He is a war hero. I'm going to let him give you the details on that. He's been on the show once before, but we wanted to have him back because um, he's involved in a lot of programs that are helping veterans in the Merrimack Valley, and we don't do enough for veterans. And even though I think I do a lot for veterans, I still feel like I don't do enough for veterans because I didn't go serve my country. I took the Navy exam. Uh, I took the ASVAB. I got a 97 on the ASVAB. I was nuclear qualified to go on a sub, and then they, I failed the physical because oh. of my back. They wouldn't let me in. And we appealed it all the way to Washington. Um, my recruiter's name was Ted Gamond. I still remember. I was 18 <laughs> years old. And we went to Washington, and, I, and, I, and I, I sat before a panel, and we showed them the x-rays, and we did everything we could to try and get me into the Navy because my dad was a Navy man, and they wouldn't let me in. So I have a lot of admiration for you guys, but I never served. And so uh, first, I want to thank you for your service. And before you talk about the programs you're involved in, give people a, a, a snapshot of your heroism, and I know you don't want to brag, so I'll do it for you in between, but you were in the Middle East, you were in Iraq or Afghanistan? Both. You were in both Iraq and Afghanistan. You got blown up at least twice, came mm-hmm. back, and then, yep. and then volunteered again to go back.
1: So I, my last tour, um, I hit a 250-pound explosive that rolled my vehicle over, and as a result of that, I spent six months in the hospital, and I... All right side injuries, head to toe, completely deaf in my right ear, vestibular problems, I have balance issues, vertigo, I have a bad shoulder, bad knee, bad hip, bad ankle <clears throat> at this point. Um, I, was meta- I was medevaced from Afghanistan to, uh, to Germany, and then I spent six months in D.C., and be- from those injuries, I just got the Purple Heart last year.
0: That, thanks to our good friend. Dan Strange. Dan Strange, who, <laughs> yeah. I, I, miss, who, who I miss almost as much as I miss John rodger every yeah, day.
1: Yeah, Dan... So. Um, Dan and I met actually from helping another veteran. So a veteran and I went to Iraq with committed suicide, and he was in Oklahoma at the time. And his next of kin was a 16 year old son here in Massachusetts. And um, Andrew of course who I know you know, yep. um, I reached out to Andy and looked for help to get this veteran back. You know, when you commit suicide, you lose all your right, benefits. Benefits. And his next of kin is 16, and I it was, it was terrible. So we ended up. I ended up making some magic. We got some flights, but I got to Dan Strand, Dan, Dan Strange, and he got me through all airport security. He got me. He was escort. amazing. Unbelievable. He, he called did. me from
0: Air Force One. Yeah. And handed the phone to Donald Trump one day, and I thought it was. I thought it was a ruse. Yeah. Until Donald Trump actually started talking, and I realized, oh my God, you can't fake that. That's actually yeah. Donald Trump.
1: It's unbelievable. Dan had. The abilities to do. He did.
0: Yep. He was and networked with everybody. Everybody.
1: So 2015, we fast forward a little bit, or um, I'm at the Red Sox game at Francisco Arena. We did a, uh, a charity event for Delta Dog. And Dan introduced me to Arena. At that point, I wasn't working for him. And Dan introduced me as a Purple Heart recipient. And I said, Dan, I'm not. I, I've been denied several times. And I've, I've just given up. Mm-hmm. Dan said, I got a friend that will fix this for you. (laughs) And I bet he did. (laughs) It it, it did. It took a little bit. Um, He brought me down to D.C. in 2019 to meet this general. Um, At that point, the general was in um, Congress hearings to become our current chairman of the Joint Chiefs. So it kind of got shuffled. And one of the last things Dan did before he passed away was to make sure the general was aware of my situation. Mm -hmm. And it was brought back up actually after Dan's death. And uh, it was fixed last April.
0: Fantastic. And it would,
1: if it, it would not have happened if it wasn't for
0: Dan. Yeah, Dan was, Dan was the best. I miss him every day. I, I, think, I, think, I think about, about him, him all every the time. Me, him and John Radka. Yeah. Because they were two people who, despite the political power that they had, and despite mm-hmm. the networking that they had, and all the people that they knew that they could get so many things done, both guys were willing to go out onto the streets and help yeah. people when when we called them about a homeless veteran or something. <laughs> and, and and you don't find that in a no, lot of
1: Dan, people. No, Dan and John... Both always dropped everything they were doing to help whatever veteran was in front of them. And I won't forget that. Like with my, my friend who committed suicide, Dan cleared his schedule. To be with me in Boston from the time the plane landed to the time we got the veteran home. And he worked with several communities to shut down all the streets with the police. So it was a clear. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. Most people
0: did. didn't know that Dan worked with the Secret Service. Correct. And so Dan could get anything. Like there was anything. nothing. Like he, before he died, he came to my office. I didn't realize he was dying. Yeah. And he came to my office and he gave me a bunch of like trinkets from like the White House and yep. stuff that like, you know, you can't buy in like the gift shop. It was yep. like real stuff. And stuff signed by Donald Trump and all that. And I'm like, I, I hate to ask, because I don't want to like you know, look a gift course in the mouth, but how do you get all this stuff? <laughs> yeah. And that's, he had never told me before. He said, well, I, you know, I do a lot of work with the Secret Service, he does. and I've actually driven Trump's limo a number of times, yeah. and, and, and I've gotten to know him a bunch of times, and he actually
1: calls me on the phone and... So Dan um, gave me the opportunity several times to drive in Trump's motorcade Mm -hmm. when he was up in New England, which I took full advantage of, an opportunity of a lifetime. And because of Dan's work with the Secret Service, I had an opportunity probably three or four times to drive in the motorcade, Mm -hmm. which is an experience I'll never forget. Yeah,
0: I mean, just such an incredible guy. So back to your service. So you got blown up. Yeah. Did did in your Humvee? Did any of your fellow uh, troops get killed from that explosion?
1: Um, no, we, no, we didn't lose anybody. I had Good. the worst injuries of that the okay. last blast. But then you went back and you got blown up again. <laughs> so no, th- that was the worst blast was last. The first blast, I've been blown up in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, the Iraq one was kind of smallish in scale, but the Afghanistan one was a serious that rolled my vehicle and depilated me for a while.
0: So then you came back to the states. Mm-hmm and decided to dedicate your life, even though you'd already given so much, you decided to dedicate your life to helping veterans, to helping people who are similarly situated yeah. as you. And rather than just going off and, and living your life and getting a job or going on disability or whatever a lot of other people choose to do, and God bless them, you said, no, I want to go out and I want to go into the community and help people. And even like little things like, last was it last summer you, you sent me a message about you were making these flag drop-offs for people that want yeah, to dispose I've of their flags. Yeah, I've got a few of now. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I thought, what a brilliant idea. Like, that's like, so helpful for a community when someone's got a flag they want to get rid of. It should be disposed of properly. Respectfully. Respectfully. And, um, and you set yeah. up a whole system for that. Yeah, I have
1: a whole system and I, I've probably been involved with six boxes to this point. Uh, Rockport, Byfield, and a few in Haverhill. And the ones in Byfield and Rockport, I actually work with the students. So, Byfield, for example... I had the high school students paint it for me, and I used it as an education opportunity to teach these veterans about the sacrifices our service members have made over the years and about the flag etiquette and respect, things that aren't taught in the classroom.
0: Yeah, certainly not taught any of that in today's public schools.
1: So I've used every flag box, every flag retirement ceremony as an opportunity to teach our youth um, education on dedication that our service members have provided for our country and what the flag truly symbolizes and what was given for that flag. Mm Um, I always say when I refer to a veteran that they've worn the cloth of our nation because really the uniform is the cloth of our nation. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter which branch of service. Each uniform is part of the fabric that makes the flag.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're involved in a whole bunch of other programs too.
1: Yeah, I do a lot.
0: I know you do a lot for VNOC. Yeah. I mean, you know, VNOC and I have not, you know, had a good relationship lately, but you've got new leadership over there and, and they're turning things around.
1: It's good. I, I enjoy it being there. And I think things are turning around. There's okay. a lot of positivity coming out.
0: Yeah, there was actually a question. I wasn't saying they were turning things no, no, around. I was yeah. just kind of asking, yeah, they are. are they turning things they around? Are. I mean, I have to rely on you. I'm not there every no, day, right? No, and there's
1: a lot of good things happening. Good,
0: good. Now, you're involved in a lot of other programs, too.
1: I, did, I am. I just came back from D.C. So you talked about Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was down in D.C. for Memorial Day. So on Saturday, they started their first annual um, flag placement at the Tomb of the Unknown. Mm-hmm. And so I went... But instead of placing one flag, I decided to place a hundred flag- uh, roses. Uh, they do a rose placement. Instead of placing one rose, I d- placed a hundred roses. Um, I went down for the day. I bought a hundred roses, and we placed them on veteran graves throughout Arlington. Some who I've known the names of, none of them I've actually met, um, Some of them date here to the local community. So, like Keaton Trask out of Haverhill. Mm -hmm. Uh, We placed a flag at her. So as you know, 13 Marines lost their lives in Afghanistan in August. Mm -hmm. Three of them got a rose. Uh, Colin Powell got a rose. General MacArthur got a rose. And there's several others. You know, I placed 100 of them. Mm That carried off to my other project that we did on Veterans Day, where 800 roses I placed in Arlington for every Afghanistan veteran that has fallen.
0: Now, did you set up like a nonprofit to do it's this? It's in the stuff? works. Okay. Yes. So you're just doing this on your own. Like you're in the process now, but you've Correct. been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Just as like an individual. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we like to have you on and, and to talk about this stuff, because a lot of people out there want to be able to help, but they don't know how. Yeah, and they can contact you if they want to. If they want to help a local veteran, you're really the guy they should call.
1: Yeah, and I, and I help out the veterans who are alive and deceased. And I know it sounds weird to say I help out the deceased, but I do veterans' gravestone cleaning. I reset gravestones. I do the flags. Reaches across America in two different communities. I now the rose program. So I'm doing. It's, it's called Roses of Honor, and we're going to be honoring each veteran one rose at a time. Right. That, that's the idea behind this. And I know, I know it's only a rose, but that symbolizes much more mm-hmm. to the families who's going to see the ones. Right. Yeah, it's
0: all about the families. It's all
1: about the families, yeah. especially when you're talking about the, those who have fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, and to continue that, I also give out flag cases. I go to the funerals. Like, so later tonight, I'll be crashing a funeral in Haverhill for a veteran and giving their family a flag case. They have no idea I'm coming. Um, I of that during the pandemic. Why? Because it's a very difficult time. I mean, you lose a loved one, no matter veteran or not, it's difficult, Mm -hmm. right? At the end of a veteran's funeral, a a giant American flag is given to the next of kin. Nine times out of ten, they have no idea what to do to protect that flag. If you want to get a flag case to the funeral home, it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Wow. So what I did, I got a contract through a store and I buy them at a f- way fraction of a cost. You're talking like 20, 30 bucks a case. Now, that's not, I don't pay full price. I get a huge discount. Right. So I have cases of these. Good. And I make it a point to attend local veteran funerals, usually um, the wake, and I present the flag case to the next of kin directly. It's um, f- phenomenal. I don't want any public, I don't announce the families, I don't say anything, I don't tell them who I'm from or my name. I just mm-hmm. give it to them and say, Sorry, I feel lost, and I walk out. Yes, yes. Um, and that simple flag case to me Give that family the place, the opportunity to put that flag in there and put it on the mantle instantly. Right. Not put it in a box or it goes in the attic.
0: It's not collecting dust. Correct.
1: It allows that family to continue to honor that veteran instantaneously uh, once they get that flag. And it's a small little token. I'll be at a service for, what, 15, 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's about how it's going to affect the family. So these small little programs I started, it's all about honoring and remembering everybody who's worn the uniform.
0: How do you get out of bed every morning? I have I have a condition where I, have a, I have a hard time walking sometimes. Um, and it's getting harder and harder for me. But when I'm having a really bad, I have to tell you, When I'm having a really bad day and I'm in a lot of pain, I think of you. I think of what you go through every day and the pain that you go through every day. And not only do you still get up every day, but you're up doing things for other people.
1: Yeah, um, You inspire me
0: uh, when I'm in pain. I want to say that. I'm in
1: a a lot of pain right now sitting here. My my back is messed up. Um, It's tough. And what gets me out of bed every morning is I think back when I was in the hospital and struggling and laying in the bed there. And what support I wish I had. I want to be that support. So that's what gets me out of the bed is being that support, not letting down a veteran family or a veteran that needs my help that today. Like my schedule is booked. I, I'm working seven days a week doing something for a veteran and their family somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be in Haverhill. It may not be in Salem, New Hampshire. It may not even be in the Merrimack Valley. Um, I've touched veterans all over the Commonwealth and all over the country. I actually wrote... Um, two veteran speeches for Memorial Day for veterans that aren't even in New England. That's awesome. Right? Because they wanted my help and suggestions on their Memorial Day speech. Um, and I'm not trying to brag about that, but mm. that's what gets me out of bed, is being able to help another veteran today.
0: Boy, half of me thinks, boy, I wish this guy would run for office. And the other half of me says, boy, the last thing in the world this guy needs is to be running for office. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Because you,
1: come, you become a target, right. and it, it's, it becomes negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought about it. I actually ran for Selectman in Newberry back in 2014 mm-hmm. because I wanted to be in a role to better someone's life and I was attacked. I, I have an OUI, I'm not gonna be shy about that, I use it in a lot of my speeches. I have an OUI from when I had a trouble readjusting back home. Um, I, I would joke giving a presentation that my blood alcohol level at one point was higher than my GPA in college, <laughs> right? <laughs> And my record's a .38. Um, I rolled the comm four ninety five in Lawrence. I've been, I, I've, I have all that. And uh, the judge on that case, for my OUI, was Judge Gaffney out of Lawrence District Court, who has then now asked me to be part of the treatment team for the veteran treatment court that's, in Lawrence. That's awesome. <laughs> right? So I've used that, po- that negative and made it a positive.
0: Talk about, because we, we've, we've talked a number of times about you coming along to talk about the veteran court. Mm-hmm. Talk about that because I don't think people realize that there's a veteran court.
1: Yeah, there's a f- quite a few in Massachusetts. I think we have about six, and the veteran court is a, a two-year intense program that the veteran actually volunteers to come into. It's not a mandated; they volunteer to come in. Um, there's a screening process that the court does, the probation, the judge, and a few others. I saw you known. So
0: you know, so a veteran goes out and gets himself in trouble. Yeah, um, Salt and battery, whatever they they sure. get they get charged with something, drugs, whatever. They can choose to go to a veteran court, or they automatically go to the veteran court? They can court? choose. Okay, so they, they would choose to go to a separate court than like Lawrence District, Yep. and they would go in, and who presides over that? Is it a veteran?
1: So every every veteran treatment court in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the judge is a vet. That's awesome. Every one of them. That's awesome. So Judge Gaffney is a vet from the Air Force. I think he's a colonel. I could be wrong on that rank. Retired from the Air Force, and he's a judge. He's, um, he's a veteran, and he's the judge for a veteran treatment court who... Asked me directly to fill in this role. That's great. Um, and when I last saw him, 2012, he said, I don't want to see you in my courtroom again. But <laughs> well, now you're in the courtroom and for a different I, reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I've used that negative. But that was used against me when I ran for public office. Right. And I'm like, do you understand why that happened and right. where I am today? Right. You know, it's it's... A lot of veterans have a difficult time readjusting. It's right. not their fault. Mm-hmm. Right? You can leave the battlefield, but the battlefield doesn't leave you. Right. How can we help these veterans mentally leave the battlefield? That's what we, we strive for. Right? We talk about Memorial Day, which highlights veterans who have fallen. They say you know, active duty or killed in action. Let's not forget about the veterans who fallen here because mentally they never left the battlefield, right. and they took their own life as a result of that. Let's, mm-hmm. let's not forget them.
0: Statistics are pretty high for veterans and suicides, right?
1: It's sadly high. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the veteran goes before this judge, and is there a different protocol for, like, sentencing for, um, you know, the, the judge? We'll say, well, because you're a veteran and you're trying and you've got, you, you, you've been in this program, rather than sending you to jail, we'll send you to you know, some house arrest or some other kind of program? No. No, it's, so it's so it's, it's still the same as going to court, just only, that you have a sympathetic judge.
1: Yeah, and the only difference is Veteran Treatment Court is very treatment-focused, right? So it's partnership with the VA and another, cl- uh, another clinician for those who aren't VA-eligible. And there are very strict treatment requirements within the program. Um, community service is a big piece, which is therapeutic. And you have... Two and a half, two of the two and a half years, depending on how it works out for you, to complete this. And there's different phases, and as the phases go on, some of it's lesser and lesser until you graduate. Mm-hmm. But it's very intense, and the whole idea of the program is to to address those issues that brought you in the court. We we don't veterans are most majorly good people, and they make bad choices based on some bad experiences. So the treatment court is designed to help work them through and get the help to fix those issues.
0: It's, it's, it's so amazing because, you know, when I started the Valley Patriot in 2004 mm. and we decided we are going to do like the hero veteran on the front page every month, yep. at that time, the only time we ever read about a veteran was when they would go off and beat their wives or when yeah. they would go commit some kind of violence. And the only time we ever read in the paper about a veteran was when it was something bad. Yep. And I said, I want to do something in the Valley Patriot to to honor veterans and show you know, guys that have come home and, and, and continue to serve their country by serving their community. And that's why we do our Hero Veteran yeah, Award at the yeah. Bashavir, which you are a recipient I, yeah. of. Thanks to Dan Strange, who called me exactly. and said, he called me one day and he goes, I don't know if you met Donnie Jarvis. And I said, yeah, I met him a couple of times. He said, I don't know if you know his story, but if anybody deserves an award, it's this guy. And he, he went on for 20 minutes about why we should give you this award. And while he was talking, I emailed the award maker with your name,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and was taking notes as to why you deserved this award. Um, because Dan was just—I mean, he was such a great advocate for you. Um, and when you and when you when you're in that place, when you came back and you were having a hard time, the one thing he said to me was, "You know what saved Don, Donnie's life when he came back." He got a service dog named Mocha. Mocha's here. He, I wish you could show him, but he's, he's yeah, laying down he's next laying to down. you Yeah, uh, as a service dog. Talk about the service dog program and how that has helped you.
1: So when I came back from the hospital, I was taking diff, uh, 16 different medications, and I was adamant about not taking all these pharmaceuticals. And I made the case to my uh, VA doctor at that time, my social worker. I said, some of these medications, I feel, are actually addressing side effects, not my... Condition and I want off. I I want to find a non pharmaceutical approach. Uh, Operation Delta Dog at that point was brand new. We were the fourth dog through the organization and it was a learning curve, right? I never had a dog before. We don't speak the same language, right? right? So training was difficult. But I ended up, once we worked through some of the struggles, I actually found the training to be therapeutic. When we went out to Maudsley Park to do some of our service dog training, it was just me and the dog. I turned the world off. And as we started going, um, I noticed that he was making a big impact on me. Now, those around me saw that before I did. And I can tell you, honestly, Tom, my life would not be what it is today if it was not for Mocha, which is why I published a book called Mocha, the Superhero Service Superhero dog, Service Dog. It's because in my, It's hanging honestly, up in my office. He's my, he's my superhero. He is. You know? He is.
0: Yeah, Dan Strange told me almost every time I talked to him, boy, you know, if it wasn't for that dog, I don't think we would still have no, Donnie around. I
1: can, t- I can probably that that that's probably hundred yeah. percent true.
0: So it's so important this Delta Dog program and programs like it. How do people, how do people um, get involved in it? How do they help if they're not a veteran and they want to donate a dog or they want to donate money? Or if they are a veteran, how do they contact somebody to get a dog?
1: So there's, there's several different agencies and organizations today providing service dogs for veterans, which I think speaks to the beneficiary of, of how these programs work. Um, my number one suggestion would be Google could, can tell you which ones are close to you. Like Needs is a good one. Delta Dog is one. I know ClearPath is doing, a, doing dogs. ClearPath is doing some great work. Company, the Heroes, I think, is in Danvers. They're doing service dogs. Google can tell you what's in your area that can help you out. But also... Go into your local VA, because the odds are that VA can tell you which programs they're working with to help veterans get service dogs. Mm -hmm. I know for Delta Dog, they require a letter from the VA or your doctor saying you have certain conditions to qualify you. So even walking to the VA clinic and saying, I want to support an organization that provides service dogs for veterans, who do you recommend? They'll likely give you a list, Mm -hmm. because they're working with them as well. Right, um, because they got to trust but verify. they got to verify that this veteran has X, Y, and Z conditions.
0: I have one more question for you, and believe it or not, we're actually almost at the end of the show. Um. One of my biggest frustrations is because we write a lot about veterans, we get a lot of veterans who call us to complain about local VSOs, not getting back to them, not helping them with veterans, not being in the office. And I'm never the kind of guy that wants to go after a veteran. Mm-hmm. So there have been times when I've picked up the phone and called a VSO. And said, look, just between you and I, I'm getting a lot of complaints. I don't want to write a story. you got to get your act together over there. Um, doesn't really seem to work. Yeah. And uh, one VSO actually got promoted. <laughs> well, we won't go into it. He, got, he ended up getting promoted and did an even worse job. Um, as a veteran, what suggestion do you have when that happens? How do we get through that? When you've got a VSO, you don't want to shame them because they're veterans. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, sure they're doing some good work. But... But there are a couple of VSOs, and I could name I them, know, but I, I won't. Yep, I'm with you. Who just don't do the friggin' job. And because they don't do the friggin' job, I'm getting calls. Other people, I'm sure, are getting calls from veterans that just need services. Yeah. What, 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 I used to call John Ratka, but he's not around anymore. Yeah. Now I call Randy, um, you know, but like I can't call Randy for everything, right? Some, yeah. So what, do you, what is your suggestion? You're, you're in this.
1: So not all VSOs are cut from the same cloth. That's true. And depending on what the veteran needs – you don't have to go to that VSO. So chapter 115 is probably the only thing you'd have to because it's cut through that VSO for that town to that veteran. But other needs, find a VSO that you know is doing their job or find another agency that you know can help address that issue and just work around that mm-hmm. uh, that VSO. If it is a chapter 115, which is um, a chapter 115 is a financial stipend that's paid out by the city, reimbursed by the state, mm-hmm. if you find out that v- that VSO is not... Working with that veteran to get that benefit, then that's actually cut through the Department of Veterans Services in the state level. Just call the state. Okay. You know, right. I know you don't want to cut the throats, but. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, the I'm veteran not looking needs to get to anybody in trouble. I just want to get the veterans to help when they call my I'm like, I'm a newspaper. What are you calling me for? Yeah. And like, well, but I know you work with a lot of these veterans, Tom. Yep. You must know somebody I can talk to. You're the network guy.
1: Yeah. So, like, if, if they need a claim for this VA disability, um, all your local veteran organizations. VFW and vets, American Legion, they all can do claims as well. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to the VSO. You know, there's other ways to score around it.
0: If the, we we have to, we have to wrap up. If there's a veteran out there who does need some kind of help, who do they call? If they, if they can't go to the VSO, who do they call? Who do they who do they reach out to? You? Do they reach they, out to? You can call me. The state do can, they reach out to. They can,
1: you can, can call me, and I can connect you. You can call me, and they can connect them. Um the SAVE team does a lot of great work here in Massachusetts. That's out of Boston. That's it's DVS as well. That's what I would turn to okay. is one of those qualified. Um,
0: I mean, because I call ClearPath. I, yeah. I call Randy. I call Jason. But again, I can't go to them for everything, Correct. right? Because I get a lot of phone calls. So yeah. I don't want to go to the well too many times with certain people. I, yeah. um, it's really amazing what you do. It's really amazing how far you've come given the challenges that you've had. And I want to say again that you do motivate me because – when I'm in a lot of pain and I can't move around and I start feeling sorry for myself that I can't get papers delivered mm-hmm. on a day that they need to be done or whatever, I think, you know what? But uh, you know what? Donnie Jarvis gets up every day with with the problems that he has, which is way worse than mine. And he still goes out and he still makes it work. I got to get up and I got I to get up and I got to make it work. And, and it does. It, you you do motivate me. And so, I told you that last time you were here. I'm going to say it again. I'll share
1: one thing with you that I'm working on that I haven't talked publicly yet. So last December I did a Christmas party for veterans. The night before that Christmas party, I was up all night writing a state bill that I have submitted to Diana DeSaglio. She's awesome. She's she's the best. So this state bill will hopefully be heard in July. But it's uh, the state law if approved, would allow all Purple Heart recipients free municipal parking in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm hoping that we can make that happen.
0: know Methuen did something similar to that, and I don't think we ever wrote about it, but we will. Yeah. Um, but you know, these are things that especially young veterans coming back. People think of a veteran, they think of, you know, the World War II guy with the VFW hat at the post office, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what they don't realize is that there's a lot of young guys like you. Yeah. Who went off to the Middle East, who served your country, got shit on the entire time, and then came back and got shit on again. Yep. And um and and those guys need something. And they don't know John they don't have John Ratker around anymore. So pick up the slack.
1: I did the emergency room by the- The emergency room with Diana Mm -hmm. for uh, VA healthcare. That's non-VA emergency rooms, and now the Purple Heart bill. Mm -hmm.
0: Donnie Jarvis, um, I I really admire you for what you do. I really admire you for what you've been through. You've been a good friend for a long time, and I hope for a lot long for a a long time to come. Is there
1: anything you wanted to part people with? No, I want I want to thank you for having me here, Tom. Well,
0: I told you as long as you bring mocha, you're always. always, (laughs) I know, always know. always willing to come. All right, we can wrap that up. Thank you, Chrissy, doing a great job today. I want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century 21 on Broadway in Methuen, AFC Urgent Care, which is in Methuen and North Andover. Uh, And they're actually talking about maybe opening up uh, uh, AFC Urgent Care in Lawrence. We're actually kind of working on that behind the scenes with Brian, the new mayor. Uh Marcy and and Sun construction, a guy who takes money out of his own pocket to help veterans on Memorial Day and never gets thanked for it and never goes to the to never does selfies on Facebook to get uh, appreciation. Thank you, Ronnie. We care about you. EIS investigation and gun training, who gave us an awful lot of money for our scholarships this year. Barelli's Deli, Don Smeriglio over at Barelli's Deli, best food in the Merrimack Valley. Tomo and Shake and Sea. It used to be happy crab, now it's shake and seafood, but the food's still pretty good. Uh, free shout out to Sullivan Insurance Lazy River Products in Drake it, Best Cannabis in the area You get the pre-rolled too So if you get it for medical reasons You have to roll it yourself And a free shout out to Sebastian's House of Toys Sounds like Melvin Taylor says We gotta go home Did he say that? Wait Telling us to go home So go home already <laughs>